Welcome to the Console Monster Podcast. This is James Woodcock and this is Console Monster Podcast number five. We are recording this on Valentine's Day, so both me and Barry are feeling the love tonight. So, of course, here is Barry Rogers, as usual. Welcome to the show again, Barry. Hi, I'd just like to make a note that the feeling of love is actually for other people, just not me and James. Oh, I am <laughs> honestly so disappointed, Barry. Yeah, I bet you are. Some of the interesting news that's happened lately, the Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter 2 demo has just appeared on Marketplace. So, Barry, what have you experienced so far from this title? I get to shoot stuff again. Whee! Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's, um... Very short. It's Ghost Recon, isn't it? Um, I went to the event last year, played Ghost Recon, everybody was playing Ghost Recon, and the demo, even though it adds quite a new bits and bobs... It's Ghost Recon in the end. As long as they improve on what they did, I can't see any reason why it won't be great fun. It was a very short demo, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I kind of went around the corner, shot a few things, and it was off you go. It's like, ah. But that's the idea of a demo, really. But is it big enough to get people really excited about the full version? Not sure. Maybe if they do a multiplayer demo, that might uh, get people excited a bit more. Yeah, I'm afraid it was another one of those demos where it got a sort of lukewarm reception due to the yeah. lack of content. Yeah, I think uh, some of the demos are like that, though, aren't they? They kind of that's the idea of them is to kind of pique people's interest a little bit. But a lot of demos are just poor representations of what the full thing actually turns up. But it's trying to get people into buying the full version when it comes up is quite difficult if the demo doesn't really grip people enough to spend their cash on it. So I suppose you're hoping Microsoft release a Viva Piñata demo to get us all convinced just as much as you are. Oh no, I'm just going to come round to everybody's house, everyone just leave your name and address, I'll come round and convince you myself. Ah, is that for Valentine's Day or for Viva Piñata? Bit of both. Ah. Now this I am excited about as a veteran of Unreal Tournament. Unreal Tournament 3 is confirmed for the Xbox 360. Ah, great. So what do you think we can expect there? I don't know, I was wondering, like, are they... GameCon last year, I managed to sneak into the Epic booth to have a chat with them, and even though it was PC only, I managed to sneak in there, to, and they demoed the Unreal Tournament for the PC, and it, it did look absolutely fantastic, and they're adding lots and lots of things that even veterans of Unreal Tournament will just look at. One of the biggest things is the choice of vehicles has gone really weird. He, I remember him chatting and saying that it wasn't going to be your standard, like, one race has a certain tank, the other race has a slightly different coloured tank, but the same. They are really going out with completely different vehicles. One of the best ones I saw that was looked great fun was, looks like a War of the Worlds-style three-legged walker, and it just stomps around, and you can shorten the legs or lengthen them to like get under obstacles and it just looks so much fun running over people and spearing them with the legs and things so i think it's it's going to be good to keep an eye on but it's so good that it's finally announced for the 360 i think that's uh we've been waiting a long time for epic just to confirm what we've kind of the suspicions behind it for a long time so it's great finally to get them to say something 
Yeah, Saruma's been ongoing for months and months, but uh, Xbox 360 is a shill again to rejoice. And this is a trend that seems to be growing. A lot of the PS3 titles that we thought were just staying to that platform, Virtua Tennis 3, Virtua Fighter 5, and now Unreal Tournament yeah. 3's coming to the Xbox 360. Do you think this sets a terrible trend for Sony, or is it just one of those things in the modern world where it's all about multi-platform gaming? I think uh, this generation, more than any, it is coming around again where maybe the PS2 would have been the developer's and publisher's choice just because there are so many units out there and they know it's a great one to go for. This generation, I think there's a lot more developers looking at the both because, in essence, with the uh, cost of development going up so much, um, they're thinking about money, aren't they? And that's a logical business. That's how they work. So they want to produce it on as many formats as well as they can. In some ways, it could seem like it's a bad thing for Sony to lose some of these exclusives, but I think the whole idea of exclusives for a console is fairly pointless. Now, we all know at some point the PC is going to get it or the PS3 is going to get it. I'm just happy that a lot of these games that maybe you would have said, I've got to buy a PS3 to play. Now 360 owners get to do that, and vice versa. There will be 360 titles that PS3 users will be able to play. So I'm not really fussed about, oh, I've got to keep a 360 title to myself. As long as gamers get to play them, um, it's, it's good news for this kind of swapping and changing pretty much for everybody. And that's where we're coming to Saints Row coming out for the PS3 as well. Indeed. Um, Saints Row. Um, anybody that had a 360 will pretty much know what Saints Row is is all about. It's Grand Theft Auto-ish for the 360. Um, I enjoyed the game. I thought it had some great bits to it, some interest in the quest modes. The online was quite interesting. I'll be interested to see whether Saints Row actually keeps the full online side for the PlayStation Network. That'll be one to keep an eye on, because if they somehow miss that for whatever reason like a couple of other games have it's quite a big chunk of Saints Row missing if they don't have the online side Now if you are a Sony fanboy you may want to sit down because Sega announced that Virtua Tennis one of the most loved and admired tennis games which spawned from the Sega Dreamcast is of course coming to the Xbox 360 but uh, one of the buzzwords that Sony kept adapting was 1080p a lot of the games will be in 1080p, and the Xbox 360, Sega have announced that Virtua Tennis 3 will be in 1080p. So, does this mean anything for Xbox 360 gamers? Is it a nice coup for Microsoft, or does it mean absolutely nothing? Um, I Personally, I think it means absolutely nothing, in all honesty. For the very small percentage of people that have got decent-sized 1080p screens, great, you can play Virtua Tennis in 1080p, but I think um, a lot of developers and Microsoft and Sony, they're all getting wrapped up in this 1080p. Everything has to be 1080p. And it's kind of, we're thinking about numbers instead of how good the game's going to be. If if the game is poor, I don't really care how big the resolution is or how fancy it looks. If it plays rubbish, I'm, I don't really care. So we, I think there's this whole numbers thing being pushed at the moment. Is whatever P or I it can push. I think it's probably better for a lot of them to concentrate on getting the games to play well. As looking well is a is a side thing as well, but there's too many number games playing at the moment. 
I think the only benefit is for Microsoft fanboys who can now snigger at Sony comments about 1080p not being possible on other consoles. So, Other than yeah. that, no, it yeah. means absolutely nothing. No, not really. It's just some fancy numbers. How many of us have 1080p screens anyway? There is that. I guess gradually that in time it will become, well... 1080p will be the norm, won't it? When we've all, when more people have got 1080p screens that can really deal with it. But then ne- this time next year, when there's loads of games out, saying that your game is 1080p is like, well, that's standard. It'd be like saying, oh, our game, we can play it online, or it's got um, eight tracks instead of six, something like that. 1080p will become a standard in time. So also we have February Xbox Live Arcade titles. Announced by Microsoft, which include 3D Ultra Mini Golf Adventures. That could be quite interesting. <laughs> Alien Hominid HD. Uh, Alien Hominid, yes, I'll fully agree with that. It's a great fun game. Work. I think it'll work really well on the arcade. I hope they've uh, kept the co-op mode in there. Yeah, so apparently there's going to be Xbox Live Arcade features exclusive to that platform, so we'll have to see. Mm. Also, we have Band of Bugs. I had a look at this actually as well because it's uh, from Ninja B, yeah, one of my favourite name developers. Anyway, there seems to be some kind of bizarre real-time strategy tactical thing with bugs in it. So I think it's kind of taking a bit of like the worms idea and the fun of that, and then dropping it in with lots of weird stuff. And weird is good. Always, I can testify to that. <laughs> is that from knowing me, mate, or something else? A bit of a bit of Oh, lovely. <laughs> and so, uh, gamers can even design their own levels with the built-in level editor and yeah. sh- share them over Xbox Live with friends. That'd be quite an interesting thing to see how that works, whether they're going to kind of make a level and you just fire it over to their network and it's there's thousands of maps to choose from, or whether they're going to kind of vet them a little bit just to make sure. But I think... If working on a system a little bit like the old Far Cry system where you kind of make a map, it gets put in there in like a voting system. But the more maps, the better for those kind of games as long as there's a good bit of a customization in the level. So we should have some good fun. Yeah. In fact, slight correction, it says then play them over Xbox Live. So whether you can actually keep the map, who knows. Far Cry, the map editor on that was actually quite a lot of fun. I actually spent more hours actually making maps and actually playing the yeah. game, which was Yeah, I agree with you there, actually. I kind of did the first couple of levels, then went to map edit it and spent hours just making crazy maps with uh, vehicles in and things like that and big trees and stuff. So I think uh, map editing, they really should do a lot more of it for a lot more games, I think. And then the game that went over that dreaded 50 megabyte limit for Xbox Live Arcade games, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Uh, I am really looking forward to this game, I must admit. In some ways, I am glad that Konami pushed Microsoft just a little bit to get that um, size raise for arcade, even though it might be a bit more frustrating for people that want arcade games to fit on. Not everything will push miles over that, but it does mean that the arcade might get some uh, bit more impressive titles, and Castlevania is at least a good start of it. It'll be I love the Castlevania series, so getting to see Symphony of Night on the Xbox should be great fun. Battering some uh, vampires and zombies, it's all good. So next, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Maybe you can correct me, Barry. Catan? Uh, I, th- I thought it was Caton, but Caton? I don't know. Who knows? C- could be anything. It's a remake of a board game, isn't it? Yes, but and hopefully we're on the board. 
Yeah, I was hoping it was going to be like Monopoly or something like that. But no, it's it's a board game I've never heard of or never played. So should be interesting to see what it's like. Whether it be to Uno is a different matter. Yes, well, Xbox Live Arcade Monopoly could be quite interesting, couldn't it? That would be quite funny, especially if they'd do camera support. Microsoft, listen to me. See? Yes, we need more use of the camera, actually, in Xbox Live Arcade. It's gone a bit quiet. It has, hasn't it? We got one which kind of you wave your arms about and roll a totem ball. That was the one. The one that kind of nearly uh, collapsed my arms from about ten minutes of running. Um, yeah, it's we need more camera support. Definitely. No matter, even if it's just like a little squishy picture of your face for Monopoly or something like that. But I think they need to start using a bit more. It's Chowdown. A completely revamped version of the popular PC title of the same name offers new items, 120 new levels, and the exclusive debut of Marsho Madness, a high adrenaline action game in which players must keep the impending evil marshmallows at bay. Oh, uh, we should all fear the evil okay. marshmallows. Yeah. Mm. I don't know what else we can really say about that. Marshmallows has rather left me... <laughs> Well, they use the word the popular PC title. I must admit, I've never heard of it. Yeah, but it does eat chow down. Sounds pretty good. As long as it's bizarre, you should do pretty well on the arcade. Weird. Yes, weird again. Indeed. Weird. It's all, all good. Luxar 2. A new standard for action puzzlers as play a match and shoot their way through the land of ancient Egypt. Well, I think the Egyptians would probably uh, disagree with that, wouldn't they? Oh. Going around shooting all their puzzle blocks. Mummy. Yeah, well, uh, Luxor 2, I've, I've played the original, and it is a very quirky stroke weird. I've got to get weird in every sentence. Yes. Great. Um, it's it's a puzzle game, isn't it? But I do think maybe the arcade's getting a few too many puzzle games now, or or do we just still want to blow up coloured blocks and stuff? Well, to be honest, I don't care how many games we get on Xbox Live Arcade, I just want to see more of them. Although yeah. quality is nice, we are really starved at the moment. Yeah, we, we've gone through a phase of having... Uh, arcade Wednesdays to Arcade Never. Um, so it's uh, we went back into the regular rhythm of lots of titles. Like one a week would be lovely, but the, now the, the older Wii Virtual Console seems to be uh, cracking out a couple a week at the moment. It's like, oh no, we've got to catch up again. That Microsoft might be uh, losing a bit of their uh, grip they had on the older arcade front. Indeed. So, what came out today, it's maybe due to the fact that we're having to deliver lots of Valentine cards, it's Paperboy. Now that's a plug-in, we'll start that again, because Paperboys do not (laughs) deliver Valentine cards. Oh, you should leave that in. Yeah, it was a good build-up as well, wasn't it? It was nice, it was nice. Silky. And actually, what was released today, Paperboy, a classic coin-up hit, so... I conclude from that it must be the arcade version, especially enhanced for Xbox Live Arcade, and I wonder what enhanced means. Mm. Mm, um, a big, colourful border around the game. Yes, that's probably what it does mean, actually. I want to go on record and say I, I hate Paperboy. <laughs> <laughs> I just do. Oh. I've never enjoyed it when I used to play the old version, because it was the monotonous kind of throwing the paper. And think, oh, great, and then you crash into a bin or something like that. It's... It's great, again, to have more titles on, but I don't think I'll be uh, playing Paperboy. Is it too weird for you? It's not weird, it's just really... I don't know what it is with the arcade and getting all of these really old coin-op games. Some are great, like Pac-Man, oh, it's great, I have it there, but I personally, to be honest with you, a little bit 
every time I play one, it's like uh, going back to the 80s. I'd rather not remind myself of that hideous time. At least they're going to the 90s. It'd be not too bad. But it's, it's paperboy and it's classic. Everybody loves it, apart from me. So get, get out there and throw papers. Yes, I must admit I wasn't a big fan of Paperboy, but maybe it is classic going a bit too far back for my liking. Yeah, it just reminded me of that I was getting a bit too old for doing all this stuff. Yeah, I was quite surprised actually on Major Nelson when he put the post up, because every week if there's any new content for Xbox Live Arcade, we'll make a post about it. Yeah. And actually the comments were very positive, saying, oh great, Paperboy, that's going download it. I thought it was complete, oh, we want worms sort of attitude, but no. Uh, they're still on to that. I just wish Microsoft just give us worms. In, yeah. I mean, give us the game, not actually give us worms. Uh, yeah. Disgusting. There are treatments for that, you know. There are, yeah, some kind of creams and stuff. Yeah. But we need that kind of title, don't we? We're still waiting for things like Worms and Sensible Soccer are still on the list. We're still waiting for them, and they are still two really big titles that we're all waiting for. I can't. I need online Worms. Come on. Yes, unfortunately, Sensible Soccer is not on this list, so we're going to have to wait quite a while longer for that. No, oh, that's terrible. Now, the game that came out last week, I believe, was Root Beer Tapper. Yeah. Um... Well, you were talking about classics, and uh, that is a classic if we're terming classic on very old. Yeah, it's definitely very old. Um, it's tapping root beer, obviously, yes. um, which is... What most of us do over a weekend, down the pub anyway. But it's a classic game, it's a fun little idea. Maybe done a bit more of a remake to it and make it a little bit more up-to-date. But again, it's it's classic, i.e. old. <laughs> so from a classic to an absolutely positively true classic, this is Worms, yes. Worms. And not the 3D variants either, the classic 2D, which we all know and love. Yeah, I definitely went off Worms as soon as the 3D version. I just didn't, it didn't feel right. It felt they were trying to do a bit of a third person action game with Worms, and there was something fun about the 2D prodding people, base batting, compensating for the wind and shooting rockets and grappling hooking. So, yeah, I am great. It's the bring in something like that to the arcade as well it's great fun yeah it's very close to Worms 2 yes and uh, so it's more cartoony looking but that's really good and there's quite a few enhancements as well yeah I've played the game it's very good definitely part of the charm was the the larger characters because they get a bit more emotion on their faces then couldn't you when they got like a battered to death by something like a sheep exploded or a granny bomb got them you could see it on their little wormy faces so yes can't wait to see it in HD as well Yes, it's uh, it's very good, mate. I've seen it. Oh, thanks for that. Right, right yeah. okay. Um, what, what's your address again? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and every uh, listener runs over to your house to play Worms. Oh, well. well. I can highly recommend it when it does release. It's very, very... No. When oh. the Worms release, ah, we're all good. Oh, yes. As soon as it comes out, buy Worms. Simple as that. Pretty much. Right, uh, upsettingly not on the list again, Sonic... How long ago were we promised Sonic now? Um, I'm not even sure. Probably when the original Sonic was made. It's a long time. 15 years then. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of games that were mentioned that people are like, oh, we can't wait for. And it's still those ones we're waiting for while lots of random titles sneak out between it. So it's like, oh, I'm still, still waiting. Even though there's a couple of games that have been hinted at very recently... It'll be um, just as long as bring some of them out. I'd be, I'm not really fast. Just bring them out. 
Right then, moving away from Xbox Live Arcade to other downloadable content and the Call of Duty 3 map pack, which had a controversial start because basically you downloaded it and it didn't work. Always a good start. Yeah, but then they fixed it about a couple of weeks later and a lot of people are happy and I've played the maps. They are actually a good selection, absolutely massive, is the first thing I would actually say about the interest of Call of Duty 3 map pack. But have you tried it yet, Barry? Not yet, no. There's, um, in all honesty, I love the Call of Duty series, but online I'm probably just too scared to play it because I'd have this thing of appearing, looking around, think, wow, look at all the lovely detail, and then getting sniped from half a mile away. So I haven't yet dived into a, a proper in-depth play of a Call of Duty, but what I've seen of it, I, it's a good laugh. It is definitely a good laugh, but I'm uh, going to have to get my uh, bravery up a little bit more to play it online. Yeah, so if you want the maps, they are 800 points. Bargain. My hope. <laughs> yeah, because you haven't tried them. How can you <laughs> say, say <laughs> such a thing to our listeners? Right? Well, that's, that's, yeah, exactly. Bargain could be, as long as you buy them. Yes, so uh, if anyone wants to buy these bargain maps, uh, make sure you donate to Barry's Fund. Yeah, because I want maps. Sony has a habit of putting their foot in it, really, and uh, they've said recently that the Nintendo Wii is just an impulse purchase. Well, yeah, I will actually agree that um, the Wii is an impulse purchase. It is. We've got people coming in, they see, oh, how much is it? Oh, yeah, you tell them the price, and they'll buy it. So, yeah, it's an impulse purchase, which is... It's not saying that's actually a really bad thing, is it? To be able to see a new console with games and people just buy it off the shelves. Well, if you can actually find them in the shelves, it's a different matter. But I don't really think um, what the American spokesperson of Sony actually said is actually a really bad thing. I think Nintendo should really think about it. It's like, well, yeah, I'm not really fussed about it. We're selling units and that's a good thing, whether it's impulse or not. Right, so for Microsoft Xbox 360, for anyone who lives in the UK, we'll probably know of the show Watchdog on the BBC, mm. and apparently the console is going to feature on a future show. Well, I have seen um, quite a lot of people talking about it at the moment. It will be interesting to see what the show actually says. Um, I think everyone that's used a 360 knows of people or themselves that have had problems with the 360. It is something that happens with 360s, but it's not peculiar to 360s. Most technology still does have a few bugs here and there, but it seems to be unfortunate that Microsoft has got so many of them on this, even if it is still a very small percentage of everybody out there that is perfectly happy and having no problems at all with their consoles. It just so happens that enough people have contacted Watchdog and they want to make a show about it. Well, not a show, like a, a little segment for people to uh, moan about their 360 woes. Yeah, and Watchdog, it's normally about five minutes. Yeah. So they'll have people on there saying, yeah, I had a 360 and it just blew up in front of me and that was it. So the usual Watchdog stuff where it's people are unhappy with their service, but what Watchdog doesn't show is all the people that are perfectly happy. If I phoned up and said, mine hasn't crashed a single time and it's been a launch one and it's perfectly fine and I use it, they'd be like, well, so what? We're not interested in that. So... There we go. We'll see what happens. Nah, I think everyone's just... just purr, 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 purr. Yeah, that too. Just <laughs> <laughs> like a drink. Yeah. Uh, I've got one, that's the worrying thing. Oh, quick. I need something stronger. 
<laughs> it was Valentine's Day. I should be with my girlfriend, not recording podcasts. Oh, you you hurt me deep. You hurt me deep, Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> what you right, get? moving on. Switching Ooh, again. Second mm, like there. Okay. I think Watchdog should probably stick to knocking British gas. They seem to do that. Yeah, pretty much. They they do well at that actually. But I must admit, it'll come on TV and people like, oh no, my 360 is going to burn or something like that. But a lot of these kind of programs do get people like really concerned about it. And then that if every time something went wrong or a batch of the thing went wrong, we phoned Watchdog and complained about it. They'd have a show that lasts all day. Um, but it just depended on the object that people want to moan about, really, isn't it? It's whether they can get any money out of it is the, uh, a lot of people are in it for that, aren't they? Exactly. Right, Rainbow Six Vegas. Three brand new multiplayer adversarial maps called the... Oh, I'm not going to try and pronounce these. Uh, there's three new maps. One based in an Italian restaurant, located in the heart of Las Vegas, which is good, because I was uh, a bit annoyed, actually, when Rainbow Six, the single player, there was maps in Mexico. Marshalling Yard, the century-old service yard, is situated in the centre of an industrial district. Still active today, it is primarily used to store cars, but is also equipped with cleaning and maintenance facilities. And just so happening, you can shoot people as well, apart from the cars. Exactly. I wonder how they choose which maps they're going to do. Do they just have a good laugh and think, right, OK, I'm going to make it in a restaurant now. Hopefully they'll be like, you'll be able to shoot the spaghetti out of it and uh, plates flying everywhere and, and old tea bags everywhere. Hoping so. I think they just go eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Yeah, I think they just, maybe they just go out into town and the first place they see, they think, right, I'm going to make a, make a game of that and they make a nice little map and we all shoot each other. Yeah, so the final map, which is actually a new map, a coffee factory has been overrun in the continuing gang violence that is wreaking havoc in this border town. The strategic positioning of the factory makes it highly desirable to control, making it a focal point of the violence. So I'm guessing this is kind of like a Venezuelan coffee factory, not like Nescafes or something like that then. It talks about the continuing gang violence. I didn't think Nescafe had an issue with that, but... You never know, and there could be something that they're hiding. Indeed. And we've also got two revisited maps, but this is what I don't like so much. They are relit multiplayer maps. So what they've done is they've done the night times, day times, and the day times, night times, yeah? Yes, and evenings, and mornings, and afternoons, and time to have brunch. (laughs) Brunch map. Yes, that should be pretty good, go well with the coffee. Maybe they should have it like a day and night cycling. But then that would probably be ridiculous if they did it like real time. What will actually add to the game, though, as a feature, is two new modes. So the two modes include assassination. The goal of the attackers is to eliminate a high-value asset of the defenders, who in turn will try to defend and escort the VIP to his extraction zone. I'm looking forward to that one. That reminds me of older Counter-Strike VIP matches. Definitely. I'm, in- I'm interested to see how they... Because um, there's obviously there's going to be... Uh, VIP, whether that's going to be a computer or is actually going to be a proper player, and also what things do that player get in Counter-Strike? I think you just got basic pistol, didn't you? And you kind of had to, your team had to look after you in order to kind of get there. If it's done well, that could be a really good uh, game mode for maybe even like a serious gameplay mode. If you get like a big team and they've got to look after VIPs, it sounds like it could be done well. 
Well, looking at the screenshots, the VIP is actually shooting back at somebody, so I'd assume that is actually a human-controlled character. Oh, this should be pretty good, then. Yes. And the other mode is Total Conquest. This is a team-oriented static control point game mode where each map contains free mobile radar installations, or control points. To win, a team must activate and maintain control of at least one of the three mobile radar installations locations for a given period of time. This is a mode we did have before in an earlier Rainbow Six, but it was a lot of fun, especially when you leave remote charges. Yes, it's, it's going to add a little bit more kind of panic to them because it still reminds of like uh, if people play Halo Two, it's like these three plots kind of idea where you've got to control it, get time. And once you've got an allotted time, you kind of win. So it's, it was a very much a kind of team-based, because the numbers are bigger for Rainbow Six as well. It'll be like, right, people looking after one area, defend it while we go off. So it's be interesting to also see that as well. So two really good new modes to add to the already good list of modes already. Yeah, so if we ignore the relit bit, it could actually be a very good content update. Yeah, we'll be interested to see how much as well. Um, hopefully they don't do a ghost recon and uh, a 1,200 pointer because that would scare a lot of people off so these are scheduled for the end of March so yes that should add a lot of value to the game hopefully indeed so Barry did you get any Valentine's cards well yes I sent myself a load yesterday and they turned up today Excellent. So I'm uh, overjoyed. I've got so many uh, loving letters. Were they all anonymous? Always. Um, I try not to write my name or do different handwriting just so I know it's not me. Oh, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. Say genius. Genius at work. Evil genius. Yes. It's amazing you find time after all that Viva Piñata. There is that. Well, that's kind of what spurred me on to write the um, Piñata-based uh, letters. And little pictures as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're getting concerned. What about you? Any uh, any good ones in there? Yes, uh, my girlfriend sent me a card, a nice music CD, and uh, some chocks. Was it a like kind of best of take that love CD? Was it, or was it actually a CD you wanted? No, it was actually a CD I wanted. So I'm oh. very impressed. Wow, that is quite shocking. Unfortunately, I've got to wait till the weekend to see her though to thank her. So, oh, I bet you're really disappointed. With I am. Here I am, yeah. sat doing podcasting instead of seeing my love. Oh, you just keep rubbing that in, don't you? Well, we're back to the worm cream. Yeah, same again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hurting now. Oh, excellent, excellent. Right then, so, seeing as it's Valentine's Day, which game at the moment do you love? Can I say Viva Pinata? No, you can't say no. Viva Pinata. Okay, the game I love is the Crackdown Demo. That's not a game. Yes, it is. You have to be awkward. I said, already yeah. said you can't have Viva Pinata, and then you choose a demo. Right, I, I still am having a lot of fun. Some people haven't really got into Crackdown, but I must admit, I've been playing it co-op, and it's just funny. It's one of those games you go in, you see oh, GTA, big buildings, people driving around, robbing cars, etc. But when you get past that whole kind of GTA thing and start having some fun, or at least trying to find out what you can physically do in the world, it just is really good co-op, especially when you've got your, you and your mate bouncing around on off buildings and kicking people off buildings and having races, like points to a building in the distance. You have races and you're just like Spider-Man style bouncing all over. It's it's a game, I'm, demo I'm still playing. 
and it just consistently seems to be just good fun. So I am looking forward to getting the full version, which I think is to the UK. It's 23rd of uh, February, is it? Which is not too far away. I'm so glad you didn't wait for an answer there, because I don't actually know. Ah, there we go then. I'm sure it's not far away now, so it's not friends far away. over the pond have it already. Okay then, so which game would you uh, divulge your undying love to? Ooh. Well, if I just nip back to the game we were just talking about, which I've already forgot the name of. <laughs> crackdown! Ah, uh, Crackdown. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Note to oneself, never make podcasts on Valentine's Day in future. Right. Yes, Crackdown. Uh, I think what I really like about Crackdown, and what I didn't particularly like about Grand Theft Auto, is that you can actually be the good guy. It's quite a novel experience, that is, in the fact that when you play it, if you actually shoot civilians or the police, you actually get penalised for it. You actually drop skill. So I think their idea is if you keep doing that, there is no benefit to it, is that you're never really going to progress. But if you go the opposite way and get really good and kill all the criminals, your car gets better, your skills get better. So it's, I think they're trying to prod people in the direction of it's Grand Theft Auto, but you're you're trying to be a good person. Even though you can do the kind of bad things, there is no kind of a benefit to doing the bad stuff. So, the game I love... Hmm. This could be tricky. Because, to be honest, recently I haven't really been playing on my Xbox 360. For oh, shame. You haven't been a hussy in playing with, like, different consoles, have you? Oh, no. no, no, oh, no, okay. no. You're not that bad yet. Uh, so, so, what was the game that you were playing before your love of gaming slowly diminished? Well, I suppose the game online I've been playing the most would be Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six. So that's why I'm particularly happy about the new maps and adversarial modes. Yeah. I, I definitely like the idea of new stuff because it kind of brings people back to... Maybe they kind of died out a little bit. There's kind of things like Gears of War and Rainbow Six. There's a mad rush right at the beginning and then it quietens down. So as long as they can bring stuff out regularly, it's kind of pigs and troughs again, but just keeps the interest back up again. Exactly. Uh, the so, thing at the moment, I haven't been playing that many single-player games. It's all been online, which is fine. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I'm still waiting for Cameo 2 to be announced. And no, I do not know any insider information. It's just that I hope one day they will announce there is going to be a Cameo 2. There will be a Cameo 2, but in all honesty, I'm waiting for two Viva games. Pinata 2. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm waiting for two games from Rare. One we know is the new Banjo. I cannot wait for a new Banjo game. I li- I, after seeing the little trailer, I'm desperate to try and get over to Rare's studios and just have a bit of a sneaky peek. I might. See- I want to try and get one arranged for the website just to see what they're working on. The other one is, I want to see whether they're either doing an arcade version or a brand new version of Killer Instinct. They're the two I, I really want to find out about. Have you played Dead or Alive Extreme 2? I have, and I really do apologise for anybody that caught me playing it. Um, it's a life-changing experience, isn't it? Yeah, but not in a good way. Exactly. It's it's quite a... The game itself, you, you see it, and even from just the title screen, what what were they thinking? What in their heads make them think that this is going to be a cracking game? There is no real gameplay in the entire thing. It's pretty much just looking, isn't it? They might as well have just shown us a big CGI cutscene and just get it over and done with, because I played some of it, and it is... And also, if you are going to 
use a digital female form, right? At least get it modelled accurately. What is going on with those fantastically alter ego boobs they've got? That's just that's just wrong. They, they're kind of trying to tear themselves away right. from each other. Gravity's so, got nothing on those things, I can tell. Oh, heck, I, I remember hearing about the first one. There was like some chap in charge of um, animating them realistically. He's got to get another job because he sucks. He's been sacked, surely. Oh, for the next, too much time concentrating, and they they just got somebody in, somebody who's in charge of like animating water balloons or something like that. But now they just, I I don't even like calling that a game. It's just not, not good. It should be in the little naughty section of games that and like Lula 3D and stuff like that. Yeah, actually, I think he's going to be working for Sony, working on the rubber duck bouncing on the water animation. Oh dear. Hopefully, like you'll actually get it realistic, and not like its head goes one way, its tail goes the other way. Well, you can imagine a duck bobbing up and down. Well, it's—I can hardly see it being a really difficult thing to animate because most of it nowadays is is physics, isn't it? Bit oh, of watery yeah. physics, bit of ducky physics. It's all all physics. All that graphical power, and uh, you yeah. haven't been able to animate simple boobs. Well, there is that. They are simple. They're a basic thing, but they just just can't get them right. Maybe they should just concentrate on not trying to animate them right and just actually make a game. Yeah, concentrate on the hair as well. The hair is dire. Yeah, exactly. They've spent so much time on trying to make realistic boobs and tan lines and all this kind of stuff. Try making other realistic stuff and maybe make a good game. And you might be onto something if you try that. Yeah, and online I thought, okay... Maybe they're going to make more use of the service, because obviously there was no online in the very first one on Xbox One. Mm. But I thought, okay, maybe the volleyball's going to be online. Maybe some of the minigames are going to be online. Well, the volleyball's online, but the minigames certainly aren't. It's, it's, it's kind of like an expansion back to the original, really, wasn't it? There was nothing... Add a few bits, add more things you can buy, give them presents. And it, expand it's... the bounce of the boobs. Exactly. I stick your age to 99. I'm sorry, they should stick to making Dead or Alive games because there, at least there's some fun, there's something you can do in the game. It is actually a proper game. If they are going to try and do an alternative sports one, at least put effort into making a sports title and not just throw all the Dead or Alive girls in it just for that reason. It's um, You can see where they're coming from and what they're trying to appeal to, but it's uh, it's a bit sad. Exactly. It's like the Dead or Alive film, actually. That ranks up there with things like uh, the um, House of the Dead movie. Um, a shocking travesty to celluloid-based uh, entertainment. So that's it for the Console Monster podcast number five. Thanks to Barry Rogers, who's loved up still with Viva Piñata. I love you, Viva. And <laughs> we'll see you next time. Hi, this is James Woodcock, and I have with me on the phone from the Compete blog website, Max Friert. Hey, how's it going? And Matt Pace. Hello. So, Matt, you're new to the Console Monster podcast, so maybe you could just give us a little bit of a background about yourself. Sure. I've been working as an analyst for Compete for the past three years. I cover a lot of different industries, uh, and one of which is the gaming industry. We've been covering the industry for the past year, uh, doing research on the next generation consoles. So... You, Matt, made a post on the 29th of January that states, according to your analysis, the Xbox 360 wins the holiday battle, but the Nintendo Wii is positioned to win the war. Maybe you could explain your findings and how you came to this result. I'd be happy to. The the battle that we're speaking of is, is the sales battle, and certainly from a sales perspective, the 360 came out on top. 
um, particularly here in the United States is where we focus the analysis on. What we see though long term is that the we is, is best positioned uh, from a sales standpoint. And the data that we're looking at now, um, rather than sales, since the sales are certainly all in Xbox's favor, is, that, is from a demand standpoint. So we've created a metric where we can see in-market demand in the United States for the next generation consoles. And from the trends that we are observing, the Wii has stabilized support and demand at a much higher level than either of the rival consoles. Given its price point and this sustained demand, it looks um, highly likely that it will continue to gain market share on the other two. Would you expect then over as long a projection as a few years that the Nintendo Wii could actually bump off both PS3 and the Xbox 360 long term? I certainly see it. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I think the game's almost all, already over with it in the PS3. I think it's going to be a horse race with the Xbox 360 going forward. But we wouldn't be surprised if in you know, uh, 12, 18 months that it's, you know, really becomes, it really settles into a battle between the two. Just to add on top of that, so the 360 and the Wii are sort of different, uh, you know, targeted different markets. And uh, I, I'm not coining this phrase, but the uh, I've heard the phrase before, the, uh, the Wii 60, which is sort of owning both consoles. So it's sort of like they, they're sort of complementary as, uh, as opposed to sort of uh, competition for each other. So do you think it's the way the Internet has positioned both the Nintendo Wii and the Xbox 360, which could have actually encouraged people to sort of look negatively on the PS3? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the PS3 has made a number of mistakes uh, basically since they started with the PS3. So it's, uh, I mean, we don't, we're not here to bash the console or their marketing efforts, but, you know, they have made quite a few mistakes. So the Nintendo Wii, could it just be a bit of a distortion in the analysis that the fact it is a completely different console to the Xbox 360 and the PS3, the controller design is trying something quite radical in comparison. So could it be a bit of a novelty factor that there's a lot more interest because it's something very different and new, even if the hardware isn't quite matching that? Yeah, there certainly could be some of that going on, and things will, I think, play out as weeks and months go by. But I think the point that you bring up, I think, has enabled it to attract a broader market. I think there are more people looking at the Wii as a party game and things. It's a broader appeal, whereas the 360 and PS3 have traditionally focused more on the core gaming audience. Price disparity, I think, it can't be overstated that for the comparable price, one could have both the Wii and the 360 for the price of a PS3. And... You know, I, I think the Wii is carving out a, a place unto itself, and um, for core gamers, it really comes down to the PS3 and the, and the 360. I, I, don't, I don't see that changing. Could it be just as simple as Sony's marketing hasn't got through yet, because you've got to remember, of course, the legacy of the PlayStation 1 and the fantastic sequel to that, the PlayStation 2. Could this just be an early bump in the road, which they're struggling, which, and it could actually improve in the future, or is it something you could imagine happening for quite a while and the Xbox 360 being impossible to catch up? I think it's going to be really tough for the PS3 to, to gain ground on the 360. You know, they're tracking pretty, pretty close to the same amount of people, I mean, attracting the same number of people now. And given that and the fact that one is $200 uh, U.S. higher than the other, you know, it's much more likely that the Xbox is going to convert at a higher rate. I think you're starting to see much more of these traditionally PlayStation-specific games going to multi-platform. I think there's a lot of interest. Certainly, Gears of War was a smash hit. Halo is a few months away now, and I think that the PlayStation relied a lot on the exclusive games for some time, 
that seems to be their the only thing that could save them. But unfortunately, they seem to be both, a lot of those d developers are are publishing for both platforms now. Yeah, and as far as coming back to the PS3 again, terms like the only true high definition platform and 1080p and Blu-ray and it's an entertainment machine and not a particularly a gaming machine only. Do you think that's actually probably upset the PS3 position in the market? We did see a lot of people looking at the uh, the HD DVD add-on for the 360 and also considering uh, a PS3. So that, that sort of indicates people sort of weighing their options between the two. And it, it also indicates that people aren't necessarily looking at the PS3 as a media center as uh, Sony has sort of positioned it and more as just a gaming console. Um, that was just something that was forced upon them to sort of win the format war for Sony. So you mentioned HD DVD. Have you got any sort of background analysis from that area? So we looked at the standalone players as well as the uh, obviously the, the PS3 and the uh, 360 add-on. So we looked at, across the uh, the market for since October, I believe. But I think one thing that we that we observed that was that was quite interesting was that you know, in, just in December alone, we we saw a higher uh, level of interest in the Xbox 360 add-on HD DVD player than there were for standalone Blu-ray and HD DVD players combined in the U.S. So from a next-gen perspective, I think people have done the math in their head and realized that it's a, it's a better deal if that's something that they want for their console uh, for that add-on functionality. It is certainly far from mass adoption. We see only about 5% of potential V60 shoppers even considering the add-on player. So it's, it's still kind of really new, and I think people are continuing to kind of sit on the sideline and wait till one of the standards becomes the, the de facto standard, as it were. So coming back to the console war, when do you think we'll be able to say with almost 100% positiveness that one format will be the winner? Personally, I would say after next Christmas, but even that might be a stretch. I mean, the, the, the holiday season is such a huge time for basically impulse buys. You wouldn't buy a console for anything else but entertainment, and a gift is a great uh, opportunity to buy that for somebody. And I think, I mean, we saw tons... 360 sold what? Three million over the, uh, the holiday season. Yeah, I don't have the stats exactly with me, but it was a significant amount of the amount of the year uh, or amount of their sales came right over the holiday season. So it's it's difficult to say, like you know, leading up to that point. So you also mentioned in that post shopping habits. So those who shopped for an Xbox 360, who also shopped for a PS3, there was a very big difference between percentages. Maybe you could explain those for our listeners. Yeah, sure. So what we also do is, you know, we're, we're an online research company, and we, you know, have 2 million consumers that are in our panel, and we observe where they go uh, online. And in this case, we looked at those who shop for the various consoles and then looked at what other consoles those same people looked at. And what we see clearly in this analysis, we call it our cross-shop analysis, is we see that those shopping for the Xbox 360 and Wii um, if you look from November to December, are less likely to consider the alternatives, whereas PS3 shoppers are more likely to consider the alternatives, meaning loyalty for the PS3 has only declined and it's increasing for the other two. I, you know, I think November was a, was a strange month to begin with, with the new consoles coming out and a lot of artificial demand for all these consoles. But as the dust starts to settle in December, you see that um, people seem to be abandoning their interest in the PS3, you know, and seeing what other options they have. Could that be just down to, though, the sheer volume of how many Sony enthusiasts there are? 
you know, you're going to see that across all the consoles. But I think you know the 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 key thing here is that um, the PS3 had a had a horrible holiday season. And I think people it was more you could pin it on the fact that I think people quickly discovered that the PS3 was not going to be underneath their Christmas tree, you know, this year, and that the game, as much as it was high, the console, as much as it was hyped, was was not what they wanted let alone pay, to pay $600 for. And so I think that, that, that accounts for the shift away from the, the console. One last question for you, Max. Have you got your Xbox 360 yet? Uh, yes, I have, as a matter of fact. Well done, um, sir. Yes. It's, uh, it's quite a step up from the N64 I've had previously. <laughs> All right. So come on, then. What are your first impressions? It's amazing. I mean, I sort of spoiled myself with uh, you know, the best game out of the year. Um, you know, I have Gears of War. I haven't beat it yet. I don't really have time to play that much, but uh, you know, it's, it's just incredible. And Matt, do you own any of the free consoles? I don't, not yet. I'm I'm an Xbox original Xbox owner myself. I have to ask from from my wife for the uh, for the chance to upgrade. So that'll probably be on my my holiday shopping uh, list next year. Right. So which might you be tempted to go for then? Xbox has done a great job with Xbox Live. I have some good buddies from grad school that we play uh, every, you know, every, every week or so. We'll, we'll get together and play, and they're scattered across the country. And they've already started to upgrade. And so there's no chance now. I'm a loyalist, and we all kind of go together, this network effect. There's, there, there's no chance I would buy anything other than the Xbox 360. But that and the fact that I love Halo and the other games. So, I mean, that can't put me in the good camp. <laughs> Do you find at any time having all this statistical data that it actually sways you to go for one product or the other? I think we try to be as fair to all the consoles. Arguably, I think I went into this the holiday season battle biased toward toward um, Microsoft a little bit, but I, I certainly came out being more impressed with the Wii than I thought I would be. Absolutely. Not that I wouldn't go out and buy one, but I, you know, it's had a good showing. It seems like it's quite a compelling device. I didn't have very high hopes for Sony, and I and I don't. This <laughs> particular the the results haven't really swayed my my opinion. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> well, thank you for your time, guys. It's always great to have you on. It is, thank you. A pleasure.